to Foul Check, episode number five. All the way live. All the way live. Yeah. It's college football on Saturday. Well, we kind of got a little bit of a taste of it this last week. Yeah, week zero. Yeah. Week zero action. But Notre Dame was was in action. It starts for us on Saturday. Yeah. September the 2nd. Everybody. Everybody's uh, on the field, back at it. I know. Yeah. Do you feel like um, our teams are going to be good this year? I feel like we'll have a mix. Some teams I feel a little more confident in than others. Some I have a big question mark. I don't know what to expect. And sometimes those are the best seasons because Mm -hmm. you you don't have any notion of how to feel. It's just like, okay, we got to go through this season. Let's see what actually happens. Let's see who steps up and who does what. So I kind of like that feeling sometimes. But when it's that feeling more than with more than just one of your teams, it gets a little unsettling. <laughs> I think everything, everyone has to just do, be better than last year. Sure. I think sure. that's everyone. We have like kind of a down year mm-hmm. for our teams collectively. That's every single level. That we cover in college. Right. Um, I think that everyone will do better. And by better, I mean one more win at least. I think I think that's not asking too much, actually. Um, I feel like everybody can do at least one game better. Uh, the one thing I've always found interesting about our area, we have, you know, good high school athletes, as we touched on last time, with high school football. Some of them translate over to college. Uh, have you ever found it weird we don't have, like, a lot of D two colleges around here. Yes, it's kind of awkward. I think it's I think it's interesting, and I thought that when I lived in Montana as well, mm. they had a ton of NAIA schools. Oh, yeah, that was big out wow. there. Not a lot of D two, not a lot mm. of D three. It was the two FCS schools, Montana State, Montana, right, and then a lot of NAI team, NAIA teams. Interesting. I've always found it kind of weird around here because i feel like while we have a lot of d1 athletes and they're obviously they're showing up nowadays Mm -hmm. we've highlighted a number of them the past few weeks um i feel like this is also a hotbed for like the d the premier d2 athlete especially in football Mm -hmm. like there's some guys they don't have quite the skill for d1 but they have too much skill for d3 They need that D2 school. And, you know, maybe that's why we see the influx to Emory and Henry, now that I think about it. Yeah, well, and a lot of kids go to West Virginia because there's a lot of D2 football schools in West Virginia. That's true. They're not too far away. I'm sure whoever invented higher education in the 1700s, 1800s never once thought, oh, we should become a Division II school for all of these high school athletes. I feel like that's how it starts, you know? Like, for example, Roanoke College. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, we just want a tiny little Lutheran college to come and right. study. <laughs> and then now they divisions probably yeah. didn't even exist. We're just going to oh, field yeah. a football team, and they're going to play Virginia Virginia Polytechnic right up the road. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that, that's literally how the, the mindset probably was back then. They weren't thinking about levels of different athletes. Yeah. Who does that? But as the athlete develops, I guess. But yeah, no, you're right. But... You know, I don't think we can handle any covering any more teams. Oh, no, 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 no. We have enough to cover. <laughs> Trust me, we, we've got enough. I don't think we need to um, to be, you know, crying wolf over that. But um, I've always found it fascinating in terms of fitting the the athlete yeah. here in our area. I think we could benefit from, you know, another D2 school that would be close by. I agree. Yeah. It'd be good. 
uh, good opportunities for mm-hmm. kids. But sure. what we do have, we have two Division One FBS in Tech and UVA, both coaches heading into their second year. Right. Tony Elliott and Brent Pry, and then we have, of course, our third new head coach, Liberty. Yeah, Jamie Chadwell, who's now FBS, who's FBS making now, it, playing it happen. In, in the CAA, CUSA, CUSA. There you go. Mm, I'm still stuck on the CAA. From I know, when we right? Talk to our guests. <laughs> um, so I think, and that the other new head coach for Division One. FCS VMI and Coach Rocco. Yes, Coach Rocco, um, back at it, doing his thing. He's well accomplished. Yeah, I think it'll be cool to see how because Liberty and VMI, I feel like recruit our area the best. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Liberty with Coach Shadwell coming in had a bunch of kids in their signing class from his old recruiting area and a lot of kids from South Carolina, but. I think it's always interesting to see these new coaches and how they develop talent from our area and how they can um, use them because that makes it fun for us who have covered these kids since they were, you know, freshmen in high right. school. Right, and we don't see them in the same position a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We see just how versatile they can be as an athlete when they get switched into different spots, different roles in college. You yeah. Know? A lot of the times, the you know, I'd say what maybe eighty to ninety percent of the the high school quarterbacks we see in this area, they go into college and they they play a different position, mm-hmm. which is totally fine because it gets to you know truly show just how how good they are at what they do. Yeah, athletes are athletes. Yeah. I mean, can play all over. And then shout out our Division three colleges: Farum, Washington, and Lee, Averett. Yeah. Am I missing any? Uh, I think that's it. Southern Virginia University is also in Buena Vista. Oh, yeah. Not Buena Vista, Buena Vista. Buena Vista, Southern. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah. A little Odak love all over the place. Did that turn off? Did you hear the chirp? Did it die? Mm-hmm. Although it was on 11%. Whatever. That's our. <laughs> we're speaking about our video camera that we had set up. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're getting our faces together, folks. It's we're okay. trying. We're helping you. We're, yeah. What did we say weeks ago, Brooke? It's the mics that make it. It is the mics that make it. And yes. today, we're going to walk you guys through college Hello, football. <laughs> <laughs> and how fun it really is. College football is so fun, though. It I, is fun. This is, like, truly such a fun time of year. Um, it's a grind. I think we talked about it last week, how we do our football show. on Truly, last year... And probably this year, too, because of the ref shortage, we, shortage, we'd have games, high school games Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Sure. Late Friday night, we'd get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then we'd wake up at the crack of dawn and all three of us, somebody's going to oh, Tech, yeah. somebody's going to Liberty, somebody's going to VMI. And then one of us is anchoring the show that night. Right. And guess what? We're days away from that. We're days away. Yes, we Except days we away got lucky that. because Tech's first game is at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so Liberty is at noon, though. Liberty's at noon yeah. and VMI is at 1.30. So Ooh. who knows, Eric? We'll just see. We'll see how it pans out. But you, it's that time of year where you just you have to drink caffeine constantly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am a couple of months ahead on that, by the way. I think I'm to that point. I never understood it where people were like, I have a caffeine headache. 
mm-hmm. or have a headache if you for don't a lack drink of. It in time. I think I'm at that point. Me too. And it's kind of scary. Yeah, there I used, never wanted to get to this point. <laughs> used to be times where I like on my days off, I'd be like, I'm just not going to have any coffee today, just to like so I don't get addicted. Right. No. Yeah, I'm like, oh, not anymore. I need that. I need that hazelnut. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm sorry. I. It's weird. I hate that I'm at this point though. It's not good. I don't like it. What is your outside of the free uh, hazelnut? coffee what is your favorite part of college football covering it for work not obviously enjoying it as a fan oh sure um i think seeing the pride that people truly have for their schools Mm -hmm. like i feel like nfl is one thing high school is another thing college i feel like it brings out the school pride in everybody Mm -hmm. like you can have the average kid on any campus they may not even like sports or football but it's just something about the pride that comes along with, hey, yeah, we won. Like, yeah. you know, um, I think that's the that's the biggest aspect of it. And then seeing the thousands of fans come out, to especially the games that we get to go to mm-hmm. and the teams we get to cover. Um, that's all that's all huge. So, yeah, I like it. It doesn't matter where we go. People care. Um, my favorite thing is the media meal. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. That's, Those are pretty clutch. That's a media perk. One of few. Depends on like what the meal is, though. That's true because there are so okay. There used to be a time. This was before COVID. I know. I understand. I understand budget. I get oh, it. Oh, here we go. Where, where can we cut the cost? I get it. Stop feeding people. I get it. Mm-hmm. But there used to be a time where I swear I was a student at this school, Tech mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. And they would have, like, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, green beans, salad, cookies, brownies, Mm. soda, Mm. like, truly, and the best fried chicken. I'm not kidding. So good. Good eating. So good. COVID. At least it's hot now, though, because they used to just have it, like, right after COVID. Wasn't it just cold? Yeah, yeah. I was appreciative of all of it, though. Oh, know. yeah. But I, no, I, I know what you mean. It, it's a, There's a difference in, um, you know, nice hot spread than, um, you know, a little especially box. Especially on cold days. Because oh, we yeah. have, like, three games that are hot and the rest, the rest are freezing. <laughs> and, like, the only thing you want is a hot meal, which, mm-hmm. which Tech does have the steam tables now, which is awesome. Because um, I remember last year... They had like minestrone or Italian wedding soup or something like that. And I just put it in a cup and I went mm. down to the field and I just drank it out of the cup. Like that was the ideal cold weather. I think it was raining that day. It was nasty. Ugh. Everybody was mad. Tech was like two and seven. Oh, I yeah. hate those games. And uh-huh. at least I had my soup in a cup. So yeah, shout out the media <laughs> meal. Shout out any school that feeds the media. Um, yeah. And not even the media. Any school that feeds all the personnel that... Oh, of for game day of course because it's not just about us there's a lot of people and a lot of hands that go yeah. into making a game day happen and shout out to the schools that pay attention and feed everybody yeah you know they're thankful that's one of the best surprises is when you have an away game mm-hmm. and you don't know what their media mm-hmm. meal situation is and you just kind of walk in like hi oh, yeah i don't know me personally i'm a little bashful oh okay do they do they feed us beforehand mm-hmm. or Oh, you mean the media meal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's that at? Where's that at? Over there? Great. Great. Let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. The best is when they have the pizza at halftime. Oh. That's that's clutch. I don't think I've ever had a meal at halftime, though. Really? No, not for football. 
I've had pizza at halftime, and I can't remember where, and it was definitely when I was a student traveling for a game. Wow. It was not in my adulthood. I will say, I went to NC State for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. Good media meal? That, that, that was pretty decent. That was pretty decent. People listening are probably like, these entitled media members, <laughs> they think they need to get fed, but it's like, it, it is a thing on Twitter. Like, everyone, you acknowledge when it's a good meal. Mm-hmm. And you eat it and be quiet if it's a bad one because at least you're getting fed. Right. And then you say, at least the game's going quick. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least it's not raining out. Right. Yeah. You look at the other things. You're like, "Uh, what else is positive about this experience? chicken salad sandwich was good, but uh, the sun's out. Yeah. Pimento cheese wasn't bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. We're thankful either way. But I love college football. It's such a fun time of year. And um, we have a really fun guest yeah. Who came on today. Great guy. To answer some questions. Yeah. Porter Abel, you're, his name might sound familiar because mm-hmm. he was a Rockbridge County quarterback and wide receiver, uh, graduated in 2013. Mm-hmm. He was a boss. I remember he was in high school the same time I was. And um, yeah, Rockbridge County put a tear on Lord Botetot all f- the Ooh. whole time he was in in high school. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he was a no. he was a baller. He was real good, uh, good enough to win the 2012 First and Ten Player of the Week award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got a little trophy, a little honor at the banquet. Yeah, yeah, he was present. He was present, willing and able. Uh, Ooh, sorry, I, good yeah, one. Yeah, I was been waiting to. You didn't want to drop that while yeah. we had him on. No, usually I drop it with, with with his dad, who, mm. by the way, was a great coach in Scott. Lexington with WNL. Yep. Um, doing great things at Davidson now as a pair. So, um, no, great guy. And shout out to you. Great find. I've never had the opportunity to talk with him when he was um, during his high school days. And then, of course, as he transitioned into college and then college coaching. So to catch up with him was, was pretty great. So. Yeah. And he was gave such good perspective because played high school, was successful in high school, played in college at Richmond, successful in college. So he has like a very recent player perspective, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what we wanted out of this episode because it is so different now than probably like 10 or 15 years ago if we had another coach on with playing experience. So Mm -hmm. yeah, shout out Porter. He gave really good answers and and explained things so well because sometimes – Coach speak gets really confusing yes. really quickly. Yeah, very. And very. for a podcast where we want to learn and like make sure things are as clear and can be understood for us and for our listeners, he did that perfectly. Yeah, you couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, broke it down, had some fun. Um, some things what he didn't know, he didn't know, and he was like, "I, I got that question as well." So, mm-hmm. um, but no, he was he was a great guy, and as we said, great family. Uh, it'll be cool to see them back in the uh, the Lexington area as Davidson plays VMI Saturday. Yeah, so. Saturday at one thirty. Well, let's get to it. Here is Davidson recruiting coordinator, wide receiver, tight end coach, former Richmond Spider, and former Rockbridge County Wildcat Porter Abel. Welcome back to Foul Check. We welcome in Davidson recruiting coordinator, wide receivers coach. Tight ends coach, Rockbridge County alum, all of the above, Richmond Spiders, former player, uh, Porter Abel. Porter, thank you so much for coming on today. Of course, of course. Glad to be here. Thank you. 
We uh, are obviously super excited for you and, and your dad, Scott, and the Davidson Wildcats to return to Lex Vegas on Saturday. This is dropping right before um, that game. This will drop on Thursday. I guess just kind of what have the last six years looked like for you as you graduated college, um, moved into coaching, and now finally get to return home to play VMI? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, so going to the University of Richmond and um, playing football there after leaving Rockbridge County was a a unique experience for me. yeah, because college football—it's—it's it's very much like a business, and it's—it's it's, you tr- get treated like a professional. I mean, it, it's a job in itself, and in high school, it's just—you know—it's just fun. It's just backyard football for the most part. Um, and then transitioning from you know the college ranks to um, coaching and, and college football—that you give a—you get a completely different experience, a completely different outlook from. Um, yeah, from that vantage point, you know, as a player, you, you're always wondering like why. I could do this better. I feel like I'm doing this better. And now as a, from a coaching standpoint, you also see like, well, yeah, like they're not, t- there's no favorites or anything like they, we just want to win. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very unique, but uh, being a Davidson has been a, a blessing. Um, and, and obviously coaching with my dad has been a blessing. Um, yeah. Being around my family a little bit more than I was in college and having the success we've had at Davidson has been awesome to see. And um, yeah, I, yeah, can't say enough good things about it. Obviously, returning to Rockbridge County this weekend, I'm sure there will be people there to support VMI, but I think there will be a lot of people there supporting you and your family. Uh, what are you most excited about returning to Lexington and Rockbridge County? Is there any meal you've been dying to have that you've missed or mm. anything like that up there? Yeah, no, um, I would say the, the number one thing that I'm excited about is just being back in the mountains again um i miss that that's that's the number one thing food wise i'm not gonna lie i can't there's a lot of food down here in charlotte it's kind of hard to beat um but definitely just driving through downtown lexington and being around the mountains and you know seeing, seeing some people that i haven't seen in years um that that's always the best part because rockbridge was such a big part of my life that's funny. There is a lot of food in Charlotte. I don't know why you'd be looking forward to something. And- yeah, they might. They might have the edge there. I think they probably got the edge on on us. Maybe I don't know. The palms. This the palms is good. The palms is great. The palm. The palms is one of my favorite places. I will say McAdoo's. McAdoo's was like McAdoo's. Yeah, McAdoo's like the the wing night they have there. Like, oh, that's get, strong. I don't know with inflation now if they're still like twenty five cent wings, but like. When I was there in, in high school, that that was always great. Um, McAdoo's and Palms were definitely up there. I forgot about McAdoo's <laughs> having cheap wings. How could you forget it about that? It was like 40 cent wings or something when I was in college, and they wow. had the McAdoo's at Tech. That's pretty strong. Sorry I dogged it for a minute, but you came, you're right. You came around. <laughs> um, well, we are talking college football this week. The rules of college football, we really want to get people ready for if they're going to VMI versus Davidson on Saturday or any other game that's happening this weekend. Um, Eric, I'm going to let you ask the first question because I feel like it is this like kind of sets the groundwork for the rest of the podcast. Um, and I think you might be thrown off from this one, Porter, but I think you'll give us a good a good aspect from a coach's perspective. All right. So many people have wondered. Only few really ask. But when is it the best time 
to use the bathroom during a football game. Oh man! So so basically, the the kickoffs happened. That's what you're. That's what you're saying. That's yes. right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I. I mean, immediately. <laughs> go before the game and then hold it yeah yeah i would say but if you're like you know you, you get the second third quarter i would say the start of the third quarter probably would be i mean yeah that's probably the the time to go because the momentum whatever momentum shift that may happen in a game that that doesn't happen right away it, it happens a little bit into the third quarter i would say that's probably a good time i like that and I, you know i guess uh not to go there but i guess it depends on what you got to do too i mean you know how long you're gonna take so but anyway we won't go <laughs> you make a good point eric all right that was kind of a, i thought that was an interesting question obviously because you know you don't want to go when the team's lined up on the 10 and they're about to score yeah yeah, I like and the if beginning. you go and if you go right before halftime, that's when a lot of people think you know they're going to go two minutes left, and mm-hmm. then there's a line. You know, I'd say yeah, the start of the third quarter when the line's starting to die down probably be ideal. Okay, awesome. I like it. All right, in that same same realm, a little bit. Uh, what is the strategy behind timeouts? So. The person who asked this question, shout out Maisie, she thought it was just when players needed a break, which I think is like a little tiny bit of it. But um, you can speak just in general or on Davidson's specific timeout strategy. Yeah, I mean, every coaching staff has a completely different philosophy behind it. I'm sure some coaching staffs have like a legitimate plan going into a game i know we honestly don't for the most part it's more just when they're needed um if we're struggling or our guys have you know essentially messed up their yeah their rules um when we're driving the field whether that's offensively or defensively whatever it is um that's when we as an offense will call a timeout um defensively it's more just if we need to stop momentum right like they get four or five plays in a row and they're eight, 10 yard gains, you know, and it looks like they're just giving it to us and a timeout might be required. Um, other than that, the, the standard freeze, the kicker that that's obviously the number one, I'd say for most fans watching from the outside looking in. So, yeah, yeah but we won't, we won't save timeouts for that moment. At least we won't as a staff, we won't save timeouts to be like, Oh, we got to freeze the kicker. Maybe we will use them as needed. And then if that, we have some leftover when that happens. That's that's great. And how nerve wracking is it um, to watch the offense and see the play clock winding down? And and you got to pull the trigger. You got to You got to call the timeout because you don't want to take the penalty. Just how nerve wracking is that as a coach? I wouldn't say it's as nerve wracking as it is frustrating. It's like <laughs> get get to snap the ball because it's normally our quarterback or you know one of my receivers or someone not lined up in time. Um, that's typically uh an issue um and it's they're they're making their checks at the line or like snap the ball snap the ball where um yeah that that i would say it's it's nerve-wracking but also frustrating when that happens because it's like well especially if it's in the second half and we used a timeout earlier on defense and now we just use our second one and if it's a close ball game you'd want as many as you can at the end of the game so when it comes down to the players how do they know exactly what to do what plays to run or what not to do when they're on the field. Yes. So so, uh, essentially uh, in layman's terms, how I see it is everyone learns differently. I, a lot of coaches just teach one way of doing it. And then, you know, they expect everyone to go out there and execute it 
um, just off that one way of teaching. And I've learned at Davidson that everyone learns differently. Um, like I have one player that I can just tell exactly what to do and he'll go do it. And I have another that I need to get on the board and he needs to draw the plays on the board. And I have another guy that I need to take, you know, out into the hallway or into our small gym or whatever it is and genuinely walk through the the plays with him. And, um, and that takes time, but that's just a part of coaching. You got to, you know, if, if you have a good athlete, you don't want them, them or the team to be handcuffed because they don't understand the plays. Uh, so yeah, everyone learns differently. Um, I think, I think the best method though, is just, a. I think a lot of people would understand this, but more of a walkthrough type of situation and you give them different scenarios. Um, yeah. And it's more live action that way. I can't imagine. No, no, I don't. I'm more of a visual learner. So I would be that guy you're probably drawing up the place for on the board. And then I'm that guy looking over to you on the sideline, like, all right, which way did you say go again? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. I remember we, uh, we had a guy, a receiver of mine. He was a true freshman a couple of years ago and, um, we had some injuries at receiver and we were playing in conference game. I can't remember who it was. I think it was St. Thomas or Drake. And, um, he, he had known the offense, but not quite to the level that we needed him to because he was about to play a lot. So I took him down to the racquetball room Thursday before the before we were um, going to travel for the game. And, yeah, we went through basically every scenario we possibly could for about an hour down to the racquetball room. Um, and obviously a much condensed setting. But, um, yeah, that then that that helped him a lot. But we also. Yeah, I was screaming at him from the sideline too. There was a lot going on. Well, that that was the second part of the question is who is in charge of calling the plays? Yeah, so um on defense it would be uh John Berlin and then on offense for us it's my my dad Scott. Um he's the one that's in charge of calling our plays. And then we all as an offensive staff, we yeah, there hasn't been a lot of turnover on the offensive staff here. Um so at this point in our careers, especially at Davidson, we all have a pretty heavy input in terms of the plan, the game plan and what we're calling. Um, but on Saturdays when we are out there, I mean, he's calling the plays and then I might be on the headset saying, Hey, like this might, Hey, this is there. This is there. Call this. Um, and then he'll call that or same thing with our slots coach. He'll say the same thing with a run player pass play. So, so um, if you're watching a game, there are everybody's running their own system. So can you tell us the three most common offensive systems and the three most common defensive systems and how would one recognize them if they were, you know, watching it on TV or sitting in the stands? Ooh, yeah. Um I'd say offensive systems is, you know, spread, which is, you know, they're in the sh- they're in they're in shotgun. Um and then you have, I would say, basic spread, which is not a lot of RPO involved, um, more outside zone and just quick game type of stuff. Or when I say quick game, like they catch throw. They don't drop back. Um, Perfect. Yeah, thanks for breaking it down because, yeah, this is for people who don't know anything. And then, you know, we, we're speaking to a coach who's very intelligent. So, yeah, thank you for breaking it down. Gotcha. And then um, I would say you have the spread offense and the, and the gun in like the RPO version, which is run pass option where they're going through their reads mid play and it could be a run or pass. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little different that I'd say that's what a lot of teams, bigger teams trend towards nowadays. And then, um, 
you have the standard like pro style under center. Um, what you may see like Midwest teams or like a North Dakota state. If anyone watches North Dakota state is kind of what they do under center. They still have a fullback involved. Uh, say those are the three offensively. And then um, defensively, I would say from a fan standpoint, looking at the defensive backs and how many are on the field, like how many of those kind of body types are on the field is a pretty good indicator of what kind of defense you're in. If there's less defensive backs, that means they got more guys up front. Um, yeah, run heavy stop type of stuff. And then if there's a lot of defensive backs pretty spread out, then more of a pass coverage setup. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I would say those those are kind of the main the main ones to look out for if you're looking from a bird's eye view. Do you typically tailor your defense to what team you're playing, or do you stick with your defensive system? And if you like to stack the line, you're going to stack the line. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah, for us, um, I would say it's more based on our. our or nickel package or not, um, which essentially inserts a, a a defensive back in for a linebacker. Um, but even for us, I mean, I would say our our nickel guy who comes in is that substitute for that linebacker is physical enough to play linebacker, and it's a very unique position. They play, they can do a lot. So I'd say for us, um, we don't make a lot of wholesale changes like that. We just maybe slightly adjust alignments um, according to how they may attack us or we may adjust coverages um, depending on who we're playing. If we think we can man them up, we'll man them up. If we have to zone, we'll zone it. Um, but I know, I know for us on defense, we put uh, a pretty big premium on speed and it may have some gaps, but we close those gaps down pretty quickly because yeah, our guys can run really well. Nickel. That's a new one. We learned Mike, Will, and Sam on the high school football podcast. Right. I feel like I know a lot now. I, I learned all those linebacker positions. So, you know, I can be your your Sam, your yeah. your Will, your Spur, if you, if, whatever name you got. Yeah, Spur, Spur. Like everyone, it, football has so many languages. There's more languages in football than the entire world. I mean, yeah. there's some ways to call yeah, There's There's a lot of ways to call it. But, yeah, our nickel guy is kind of a hybrid safety backer um, that can cover guys in space, but also is big enough to take on – blocks if he needs to um yeah it's unique an extremely athletic position it sounds like yes yes it is because they're a little heavier but they got to be able to run so okay. yeah speaking of a lot of players uh, on the field one of the questions we had uh was why are there so many players on a team but only 11 on the field at once <laughs> yeah yeah i don't I know that quite. i mean, i wasn't there when the rule book was made i don't know i mean <laughs> there's a lot of times there's a lot of times where we wish there was uh there was more guys on the field for us offensively to make our jobs easier. And um, yeah, I'm not really sure. That's a difficult question that, that they, they really thought outside the box on that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That was a good yeah. one. I mean, I would say, um, I would say probably just the dimensions of the field. I mean, the, the field is 53 and a half yards wide and 110 yards deep. So if it had more guys than that, then it'd be pretty crowded and less guys than that. Then it'd be a track meet out there. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch eight man football or six man football. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, that's literally what they called it in Montana was just a track meet. Yeah. And they, they, yeah. Some of those highlight films are watching and recruiting like they, yeah, there's so much space to run for those yeah. six man, eight man football. So if you had less than 11, then that's kind of what it looked like. And then if you had more than that, it, 
it probably just wouldn't be as fun to watch, probably. No. Yeah, so eleven is is literally just right. It's, it's yeah, I would say it's just right. If you added one, if you add one or take one away, probably. Yeah, you probably wouldn't notice that much because people do that on accident anyway. Um. Okay, this is kind of going back to y'all's offensive system and maybe just in general. This is probably the most frustrating thing that I went to Virginia Tech. I've seen covering the Hokies for, gosh, it's been like eight years now. Why on on third and 11 or just any kind of like, you know, third and long situation – you're on the 45 or even the 50. Why would you run the ball? Great question. Um, I know for us, um, for us, it's it's different and unique because we we operate on a four down system. So we're very okay with going forward on fourth down. Um, even like fourth and eight, fourth and nine, like we're okay with going forward even if it's we're on the 50. Some other programs, they don't do that. To be honest with you, I don't understand why they would either. If like they're operating on a three down system and it's, you know, third and 11, um, and they feel decently comfortable with their pass game, then yeah. Um, but they may see something. They may think they can let one spill if they, there might be a gap there. And also on third and 11 defenses are preparing for a pass. So maybe they drop some guys back in coverage and, um, yeah, if they, they think maybe we hand it off, there there's no one there up front. They just got to make one guy miss. So there's a lot of ways to think about it. But I know for us, we operate on a four-down system. So if they're going forward on third and 11 or they're running the ball on third and 11, then they probably are thinking, well, maybe we'll go forward on fourth down. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Tech was not a four-down four down system ever, though. I would say most programs aren't. Uh, we right. we are one of the, we're one of the few that that kind of operates that way. Um, so, yeah, they, they in that case they probably see something. I mean, they they probably see something because we've even for us there's been times where we've gone forward on fourth and eight, which is a lot of teams their third and eight, but our fourth and eight, and um, we've rerun the ball and um, people have questioned it, but you know we see something that. You know, people who don't see from the stands, we just see like there is a obvious gap there that if our guys just do their job, we won't just get eight yards, we'll get 25. Right. Um, but then sometimes it doesn't work out because the guys that need to do their job, they miss a block or, yeah. So it makes more sense than what I, than what I said. I, I told Brooke it's probably because from what I've seen, a lot of teams give up and they actually want to punt the ball away. So they're just getting their punter better position on the field. But yeah, no, I would, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if they love their, if they love their punter that much, maybe. Speaking of, of rules and such, anything in particular you would like to see change at the college level itself? Yes, the the cut rule, the cut rule. Um, so, and I can speak for us because this this yeah this this hindered us a bit. Um, it didn't, I wouldn't say it hindered us. I think at times it actually helped us. But um, offensively, you can no longer you can't cut guys outside outside the box um, outside the offensive line. You can't cut people in open in open space. So if a receiver is you know running to block a safety before they could basically drop down and cut them um, and you know they topple over and that kind of helped the, that receiver if that safety saw him and just tried to come down and destroy him and it was just a head-on collision um, and they got rid of that I guess to protect defensive players and their in their legs and their knees um, but from us from like an offensive standpoint we're like well a, a defensive player can tackle 
at full will below the waist as hard as he can, it's no different. If anything, it's worse because, yeah, you don't always see that defender coming and tackle you. Whereas when you're cutting someone, it has the old rule had to be within a 10 and two window. Um, so you had to be, they had to at least see them. So that, that would be the one rule that I wish that they got, they got rid of that about two years ago. Um, I wish they'd bring that back, but honestly, we've, we've actually flourished since it's, it's, we flourished since it, since they changed it. But there's, there's times where we wish they, they'd bring that back. Wow. Interesting. I, I never even thought of that. Yeah, me either. And in, in kind of that same breath, maybe rules in the future. Do you think more needs to be done to protect athletic quarterbacks? If I'm, if I'm giving my personal opinion, no, I think, I think quarterbacks have a lot of, uh, a lot of protection now. Um, so no, I think, I think you have an athletic quarterback. That's just, I mean, that's the nature, that's the nature of it. It's football. I think you're getting, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Um, Facts. Yeah. As a, uh, was it Braxton Burmeister, the tech quarterback? He said he just makes sure that he feeds his offensive line once a week. <laughs> and that's how he protects himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if the line's good enough, then they won't have to yeah, take as many hits. Exactly. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, so we're going to wrap this one up um, with a fun little game we like to call Fact or Foul. So kind of like true or false. Um, and and these are all trivia questions that you should know they have to do with you and your history. No pressure. No pressure. Um, we're we're going to start it off with Richmond was the CAA champs in 2014. Fact or foul? Ooh. Um foul um we were ca champs in 2015 yay wow. good job, good job. Hey, here's here's a bonus it's not even on our list but do you know what caa stands for now because i understand there's a name change to that now right i don't know what it stands for now i know it's the <laughs> athletic association i don't know i i didn't even know that they changed it yeah it's super recent so recent that i even forgot it literally happened just a couple of weeks ago so oh. yeah i i we gotta we gotta get that you know change in our it's not too. colonial um, I forget which part of it they changed. I don't think it's Colonial um, Athletic Association, but yeah, the C. Is it still CAA though? It's still- it is still CAA, yeah. Fact or foul, Zion Johnson was the highest draft pick ever for Wildcats football. A uh, fact. Yay! Wow, man. You're good. <laughs> He's on it. All right, you want to take the last one? All right, you were our first and 10 player of the week. During the 2011 season, fact or foul? Foul. Foul. Ooh, do, you do you know, know what me? year? No, wait, no. That would have been my... I'm No, that's fact. Not bad. As I was thinking, that was my sophomore year. That's fact. Oh, it actually is foul. Uh, it was 2012. 2012. See, I thought, I thought it was... Uh, I thought that was my sophomore year because I keep getting it mixed up because I think of the... Senior, my senior year, I guess I graduated technically in 2013. Yeah, oh, right, that's right, true. Right, right. Well, that's just what happens when you just dominate all f- all yeah. four years of high school. Yeah, they all like, run so together. Good, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was pretty good. I don't know. Two for three, Porter. That was great. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Of course, no. Thank you, guys. It was fun. I feel like, uh, yeah, you just gave a lot of context to, like I said, anyone who wants to go. Um, Catch two team, two great teams score off in Lexington on Saturday, and of course carry it on throughout the season. This was yeah. great knowledge, and um, 
Tell us, you know, where we can find you, socials. Um, My Twitter is Porter underscore Able um, 8. And then my Instagram is 8 ounces, 8OZ of Porter. A little bit more. Literally, your dad and mom and dad both knew what they were doing when they named you Porter. That is the most football name ever. Ever. You're going to have a Porter Jr. someday, I'm sure. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I I, I don't feel like my name's all that unique, but I've never met anyone else that had the name. Me either. (laughs) Me either. Well, thank you, Porter. Um, We appreciate it. Good luck this season. Tell your dad we said what's up. And I know Lexington and Rockbridge County is looking forward to the homecoming this weekend. Perfect. No, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Well, now I'm juiced up. You ready for Saturday? I'm ready for Saturday. Let's do it. VMI Davidson is going to be a great game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, I love a good homecoming story. Like that's going to be great for the Ables to return back to Lexington. But also kind of like you said, we do not know what Coach Rocco is going to do at VMI. No. We know it's going to be good because Mm -hmm. of his success. Right. But we just don't know exactly what it's going to look like and i'm excited to see yes a lot of good sneaky good headlines heading into this Mm -hmm. game those two that you just mentioned as always we got a boatload of local talent yep hunter rice just to name you know you know name a couple on Tariq poindexter fleming grad on the o-line um he's on the i think the second team preseason um list, he so. was taking snaps with the ones at practice the yeah yeah he's expected right to make guard. a yeah expected to be make a big impact yeah. so i'm excited for him personally and and i've seen his growth throughout the years it's funny his sister older sister used to play basketball at william fleming and i just remember this little chunky kid being in elementary and middle school coming to watch his sister play mm-hmm. basketball and so now seeing this big man the <laughs> tall literally the tallest on that line yeah on the offensive line for them is great but but yeah shout out to that matchup this weekend on davidson vmi uh fans always show up and support in lexington uh, hardcore VMI fans too. Don't 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 get them on their bad side. No. Don't do that. It'll Please be fun. Don't. I think da- I think Davidson fans will turn out. Um, and and like I said, yeah. to Porter, there's going to be a lot of just in general fans of of the story, right. Of this family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I'm yeah. excited. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe it's here though. I'm so tired already. <laughs> yeah. How how you feeling? By the way, tired. we had we had week one high school last week. How you feeling? How how'd you? How'd you recover? Okay, so it's it's so funny because Friday night we were like, okay, where are we gonna go? We always mm. we always go and have a little camaraderie after the show. Sure. And I was convincing him like, Eric, come on. And you were like, I'm too old for this. I'm getting I, too old. I, as we speak right now, I still have not recovered. I woke up Saturday morning, mm-hmm. Charlie Horse. From my calves being so tight from walking, and yeah. I'm and I'm active. Like I, yes, you are. I'm Very. in the gym. I'm a cycling instructor. I, you know, if I exercise a lot. Mm-hmm. Something about walking with that camera, mm-hmm. and the you have to backpedal a lot. Yes, I. It just and I just I need to roll my calves. So how am I feeling? Fine, other than like my calves are sore. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 still not there. I don't know what it is. It was it's physically and it's like 
there's a fatigue that I've never felt before. Well, we also had such a tight, stressful turnaround Friday. That was true, too. So usually all of our high school football games start at 7. These started at 8. Mm-hmm. So our was show was pressure. at 11.10. It, mm-hmm. it was just a tight, chaotic. Yeah. But no, I um I I wasn't quite ready. I don't think I don't think I conditioned well for this season. Yeah, I'm just glad. Which I can't remember if it's lined up like this in the past. I'm so glad that we had a week of just high school mm-hmm. before college. Yeah, and we stagger. Yeah, because yeah. as I said in the beginning, that that turnaround is it's tough. But it once is. you're in it, like it's like anything. Once you get used to it. We'll be fine, hopefully. Mm-hmm. At least we'll be smarter. Yeah, start chugging the coffee, as you mentioned. Start chugging the coffee. <laughs> Is there anything that Porter said uh, about college football? I, I, f- I feel like I've said this about high school football, but college, I mean, that's one of the sports that we have to be the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable about because we talk the most about it, we cover it the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but was there anything that he said that surprised you or maybe you didn't have that perspective um as as a reporter covering this sport i think your theory on the third and long situations Mm -hmm. more situational football i hadn't i hadn't thought of it that way i truly thought they were just trying to get the the punter in the the greatest position or put the ball where he would like it but i guess that is interesting if you have a team that it's a four down team they're just trying to make it easier for fourth down um but then the cut rule on Mm -hmm. offense um wow like why uh is my biggest question but like he like he said they adjusted to it and, and they're thriving so um curious to see how bigger teams fare with that this year yeah you know especially teams that like to you know spread things open do a lot of bubble screen and get people in space um but yeah i never really thought of it truly affecting the game the way that it you truly could yeah he did make a really good point with that one um I liked how every week I just learned more about linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you hooked now, right? Yeah. yeah um, now yeah. I know what a nickelback is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's really nice. All these, yeah. and then he said football has the most language, different languages, and I'm like, yeah, I feel like very just, true. We've only talked to two teams: a high school team and a FCS football team. And I can't even imagine all the other names for things. And oh, no. It's just extensive. No, especially if you go deep into a playbook. We're like, you know. You just know, surface level. Surface level. Yeah. But if you go deep into somebody's playbook and start rattling off all their plays and what the, mm-hmm. the X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's slow down. Let's it's slow complex, down. but yeah. he was so smart. And like I said, gave gave a really good player, former player, recently perspective to yeah. the game and as he said he he sees things that he didn't see as a player now mm-hmm. which i always find fascinating like you're around football so much and as a player for 10 maybe 12 15 years but then the second you become a coach you see the game different well and it's he like, said wow. you see there's no favorites but i as oh, a player yeah i 100 percent bet that's what it feels like oh, but course. he's like obviously when you zoom out and you're looking above it it's like no we just want to win we're gonna put ourselves kind of like what coach johnson said last week yeah. we're gonna give if we want to win and we want the most basic play we're giving it to the best player who can give us the best chance to win right but at the same time, isn't they picking a favorite? Hey, they they maybe have a terrible personality. <laughs> we don't know. Could be or, a not favorite. Or are you telling these kids to know that they just suck? 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll write that one down for the for the next episode. Oh, that's a little harsh. It is. That, that's harsh. Oh, man. I just can't believe it's here, but. Yeah, we're back in the swing of things, man. Um, 2023, college football. Who's going to be good? Who's going to be bad? We shall see. Yeah. Tell you who's going to be good. Me and you, we're going to be good. Whoop, whoop. We're going to be ready <laughs> this week. We're going to be in shape. Yes, I'm doing my push ups now. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll do my sit ups and drink more water. That is the one thing, though. We do have, like, we may not be cut, but we have really strong ab- abdominal muscles. That's what my trainer says Aww. all the time because we have to stand and, and balance that camera on our shoulder and we're crunching our abs the whole time it may not feel like it but or look like it or, <laughs> right but my trainer jenny says that she's like you have a really oh. really strong core <laughs> yeah because you have to hold that camera all the time so I, you know what i appreciate those yeah. words shout out jenny yeah so anyways all to say we are in shape that's that's why i say it in cycling all the time if I haven't cycled for like three weeks or something, mm-hmm. one class is all it takes and I'm back and mm. I'm, you know, back into it. Yeah. Less out of breath. I'm ready. Same thing for football. We just needed one Friday. I will say my shoulder still hurts really bad, oh, but that's wow. just a, that's like a camera pickleball lifting combination. Oh yeah. You, but you I didn't play pickleball this week for that yeah. reason. I don't get the shoulder issue as much. Um, just, you know, the lower, the lower extremities, mm-hmm. as Stephen A. Smith said a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but we're ready. We're ready for Saturday. Um, college football, it's here. Yeah, and of course, just a little over two weeks away, NFL is back. NFL is back, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna hit the fantasy football world first. Fantasy, because if you are like me, or me. You don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't even know what you're going to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't, which I don't think this is you. I just don't watch the NFL that much. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. But I have been looking for a way to get invested in well, it. You found one. I have. Yeah. In fantasy football. They finally put me on a league. They as in my coworkers. Um, for I've been here five seasons and been asking and asking. Oh, we already did the draft. Oh, this or that. Well, this year I infiltrated. So we're going to do a fantasy football episode because even if you don't know a lot about the NFL, if you know enough about skill positions and players and statistics, mm-hmm. you will do just fine in fantasy. Yeah, I know not a lick about fantasy football. Me either. I, you know, just a, a very little amount. And so um, I'm looking forward to learning this year, the process of it. The excitement around it. I guess it truly is incentive for watching. Um, but yeah, I've, and I, and that comes from just not, I've been asked multiple times, uh, cause I'm a cool kid. But oh, no, um, uh, <laughs> you're a cool kid too, trust me. But no, I've never done it because I'm like, I just, I don't think I had the time to care about all 16 games every week. But now I gotta find a reason to care about at least more than two. Yeah, you I have know. no so, idea how it works, and it will be, be very interesting, interesting yeah. to see it play out. But we're going to bring a guest on who will walk us through the do's and don'ts of fantasy. Obviously, the draft, I think everyone drafts like you have to do it this week. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll get some insight on who to bench, who to play. Mm. Um, I don't know what any of that means. I'm just using <laughs> terminology. That 
Oh, I've seen it's the power of the mic yet again, folks. I've seen on TikTok. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on. I'm on fantasy football TikTok. I saw one the other day that said, "Here are your five players that you should not draft in fantasy football." Scrooge McDuck. First of all, he's a cartoon character. <laughs> and I'm like, that, 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 that's probably, too funny. Also, sh- this one is for Connor, if you're still listening. Connor Dietrich. Oh, no. Um, I'm name dropping. Who, oh. when he's the leader of the league. What, oh, commissioner. Is that commissioner. what he's called? He said, I said, well, I've never played fantasy football before. But, you know, do you have any tips? He said, you should draft your kicker first. That should mm. be the first player off the board. I said, all right, great. That makes sense because sometimes the ends of games come down to the kicker. I don't know how the point system works in fantasy. Now I right. do. Um, so I'm like, great. Who who saved the commanders against the Ravens? Joey, Joey Sly. Sly, Virginia Tech Hokie. So I come into work on Tuesday. I look at Connor. I said, I already got my kicker. Ooh. He's like, oh, you thought I was serious. I'm like, were you not? He's like, your kicker should be like the last person you draft. So thank God I was told that before our draft on Sunday because I would True. have been taking jo- Mr. Joey Sly, Washington Commanders, right right off the board. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. See, I and, and I might end up still being that guy because I, I'm kind of like, just give me whoever and I'll belt that ball out. I'm that guy that's like, all right, I'll take whatever and do with what I can. Well, I put a forty dollar you know? investment into this, so I'm not just gonna wing it. You know what I could get for forty dollars? Mm. Ten cheesy gordita crunch deluxe boxes. It's a lot of bowberry biscuits too. Oh my gosh! Exactly. So I'm... oh, and the new Chick Fil A sandwich that would be good. Mm. Which is our next entity of this podcast is <laughs> oh, no, no, us no, no, trying no. the fast food places on the way home from games. No, because then we won't be able to make it to and through the games if we do that. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. We do. We do. Stomach of steel and I have a, a stomach of sick, but it's okay. At least we have strong abs. All right. Foul <laughs> check episode five. College football with Porter Abel. Porter, thank you again for coming on and check us out on at foulcheckpod, foulcheckpod at wsls.com. Please send your questions at a Brooke Leonard at E10 Sports on Twitter. We yep. want we want to hear from you. There's no stupid questions. I had somebody say, I have a question, but it's dumb. No, that's not a thing. That's literally not a thing. Bring them on. We want to we want the most simplest and the most complex and everything in between kinds of questions because that's how we learn and that's how we get bigger brains. So fantasy football, submit your questions. What do you want to know? Should should I draft my kicker first? Uh, some say yes, some say no. Sure. Sure. All right. Yeah. That's all we got. We'll see you guys next episode. Let's go. 